Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. I want to take us to the book of Matthew to begin with. And I want you to think about this question in Matthew chapter 20. I want you to think about this question as we look through this passage. How much do you want to be like Christ? That's a challenging question. And it's something for all of us this morning. So that's going to be our focus in in this passage. How much do you want to be like Christ? Christ. So let's look at this in, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. It says, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him. This is talking about they came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. Now I added there Mark chapter 10, verse 35, because you can see the same passage in, in Mark's account of what was taking place. It's a little bit different, but they don't contradict one another. Go ahead and get that in your mind. I, I want you to be aware of that. So if you go back later on and you read in, in Mark's account, you're like, well, that's a little bit different, but the, the outcome's the same. The conversation Jesus has have is directed to uh, James and John. Uh, the mother is there and she may have sparked some of it. Maybe she was just uh, re, uh, asking what her son's heart's were saying, but they had that conversation before they got to Jesus. So it doesn't matter who asked the question. We know this is a scene that Jesus was getting to the hearts of, of James and John's and on the hearts of being a servant. And, and so that's what we want to pull out this morning. So uh, I want to go back now in verse 21 in Matthew's account. And Jesus says to her, what do you wish? He's saying this to her, but the boys are right there. Her sons are right there. And he's really directing that to them. And she said, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and, and the other on the left hand in your kingdom. They're right there in this picture. Uh, she was not having a private conversation with Jesus. They were right there. And, and she's like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to touch these boys' lives. I want you to let them sit in your right hand and left hand. In, in the kingdom. And this is his response. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. And I have an idea right there. He was looking at James and John because he knows that, that their mother's asking the question, but they had the conversation behind the scenes and they may just weren't brave enough uh, uh, to ask. But Jesus is looking at them. You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? You don't understand what you're asking here. Are you able to really take on what I'm about to do? Are you really able to to grasp? Are you really able to fulfill? Are you really able to to receive what's really going to take place? You've been walking with me. You've seen some things. You've been seeing miracles, but you haven't seen the persecution yet. You haven't seen the suffering yet. You haven't seen the the heartache and and the time of of, of tearing to really see the power of God. Are you ready for this? Are you ready to take on the suffering? Are you ready to be a servant? Their answer says, we are able. And he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. 
But the sin on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. Now I'm working through this passage quickly because I want to get to this heart of serving. And then when the ten, the other disciples, when they heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. You ever been in with a group of people and then, and then <laughs> you get mad at a couple because of what they're doing? How many knows that your behavior impacts everybody else? Is it okay that, that we talk about that and serve? And it, our, our, our heart, our attitude, I, I appreciate the songs this morning. I want my heart to, to line up with Jesus. But, but there's others that, that impact how we serve. And so they're displeased because how do you have the audacity to ask of that of Jesus uh, that you want to be elevated above us? We've been serving along with you in, in this journey. And, and you think you all, the, the two brothers, should get to the special place? But Jesus called them to himself and he said... And he begins to give them this, this true lesson. You, you understand what's going on here, guys. He says, you know that rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. You've recognized this. You see this as, as part of society that they're in. You see that part of the, uh, of the culture. Anybody ever had, you don't have, they're not on camera, so I'm the only one, but anybody ever had a bad boss before and, you, you know, that kind of ruled over you and that made your life miserable and, and then you hear about friends that have a great boss and they love going to work and you're like, why can't I have that? And, and so, uh, this is what he's saying that, that some of the culture, when you don't have Christ in your life, uh, a lot of people can be mean and downright right or downright rotten. And he says, uh, you recognize this, that those who have authority like to lord over others. But this is what he says. Yet it shall not be. This is not the way that we behave as as Christians is what Jesus is getting to, even though he didn't use that phrase. He says, as a, as followers of me, this is not how we do. This is not how the kingdom of God works. We don't act this way. Yet you shall be so among you. No, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be, say with me, your servant. Or another word, another translation is minister. And whosoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Or again, the, the idea there is servant. If you want to be great, you've got to be least. And, and I heard it said this way in, in some training before, that we need to learn to descend to greatness. Let that sink in for a second. Descend to greatness. It's this heart of, of serving. And, and again, I submit to you, serving is what we do. Lord, I need to grow in my generosity of serving. This is what we do. And then he says, Jesus continues on, just as the son of man did not come to be served. This is the, this is the key verse that we, that we hear this, that the, the reason Christ came, he, even though he was Lord, the King of Kings, right? The, the Lord of Lords. He, he's a great I am. We, we see though, he didn't come to, to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, the ultimate example, he came. And, and so the question again, how much do you want to be like Christ? Are you in that heart of serving or just wanting to be served? And, and so, Lord, I pray, move on our hearts today. We want what you what your word says. We declared it already. I want my heart to line up with your word. And your word is challenging me to be a servant for your kingdom. Not to look at being great in your kingdom, but I want to be least because the least of these you will promote when we have the right heart and the right attitude and the right, the right uh, uh, motive and everything that we do. Lord, I want it to be my heart be built because of your loving me, not on my own ambitions. 
So I want to take us back to the room of serving. This is going to connect to the message last week. I love how God does this, how he unfolds things. As I was studying for this week and I just saw the, seeing the connections and praying to the Lord for, for a direction, I wanted to go back to this passage that we looked at. We're going to look at it a little bit deeper, but maybe not even in the same way we looked last week. And, and we talked about ministry happened in the room. You remember that? Uh, uh, that uh, and again, the, the, truth, the truth of the song, when Jesus walks in the room, things change. Uh, Jesus walked into the room where they were at and the Holy Spirit walked in the room and, uh, and that upper room after after on the day of Pentecost and, and the place was changed right and and so Jesus is here this morning but let's go back to the room of ministry we're back to the room of of serving where Jesus was ministering to disciples and 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 we're gonna look at John chapter 13 now let's look at verse 2 it says and supper being ended this is this what we call the last supper scene and he says and supper being ended the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God so this is setting up the scene this is where Jesus at he's with his disciples he already knows that he's going to be crucified he knows that he's going to go back to God all this is coming to the end of Jesus' life here on earth, and he already understands that, that the enemies tempted Judas to, to betray Jesus, and, and Jesus realized he's in the room with him, and that doesn't stop Jesus from ministering or serving those that are in the room. Verse 4 says this, he rose up, and he laid aside his garments, he took a towel, and he girded himself. After that, he, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter. And you're familiar with this passage, but I, I just wanna, I wanna pull out some things I believe the Lord is showing us. And he said, Lord, you are, are you washing my feet? Are you really about to do this? Are, you're our Lord. We've been following you. You're really about to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said, what I'm about, what I'm doing, you do not understand now. But you will know after this. What I'm doing, you may not get. You may not comprehend. You may not even agree with what I'm doing right now. But if you'll just hold on, you'll have an understanding. Now, how many knows we asked that question last week? we got to hold on to get the understanding. Uh, and sometimes we, we see things that we don't get. And we don't understand why is this this way and that's that way. And, and, uh, and I even heard of the testimony this morning. The, uh, the person sharing uh, with me the, the vision that they had. And I shared that last week. At, at first, they didn't get the understanding what was going on. But they held on and God is revealing uh, what that vision meant. And, and so we've got to hold on. God, what do you mean by this? He says, you don't know what I'm doing, but if you'll wait, you'll know after this. So Peter, in the ambitious way that he says, he goes, you shall say it with me, never wash my feet. Even though Jesus says, you don't understand what I'm doing, but after this, you will. Peter still replies, you'll never wash my feet. Now, he's not doing that in, in being proud. He's trying to say, Jesus, I'm not worthy of you washing my feet. You're the Lord. I'm not going to let you do that. It wasn't a pride thing. He was trying to honor Christ. And there's sometimes we get in our own way what God wants to do, and we think we're doing it the right way because we're trying to honor God. But he's saying, you don't understand what you're doing. He says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. 
So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And this will make sense in, the, in a little bit more of the context here. He's like, just go ahead and wash my, my whole self. And Jesus said to him, he who, who bathes needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. Again, remember the beginning of the, of the text. We find out that Judah, Judas is, is already in his heart to betray, betray Jesus. And that's why he makes a statement. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you're not all clean. He's making the spiritual application here. I'm not just washing your feet. I'm talking about a, a cleansing of your heart, a cleansing of your soul. As some of you in this, and, and he's talking to disciples, some of you in this room with me right now are not clean. And, and he knew who it was, but he still chose to minister and serve them. This is what I want you to hear from this, from this verse. So when, when Peter says never, listen, guard your heart from the attitude of never. Say that with me. Guard your heart from the attitude of never. Because some of us have that. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. There's some who are bound up in worship because I'll never raise my hand. I'll never, I'll never shout. I'll never do this. Lord, help me guard my heart. And you see the verse, and we use it so many times, but I want you to memorize this verse. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the NIV. I think I love it how it says there, above all else guard your heart because for everything you do it flows from that lord help me because i don't want to have this attitude like simon did how many know simon didn't always get it right simon peter didn't always get it right but god still used him because he got over the attitude at different times and then he'd pick the attitude up again and and we're going to see more about peter later on this sermon but lord help me not have that attitude i'll never because lord you may say i want you to and lord i want to surrender to you help me get that out of my heart i want to i want to use never in places where the stand needs to be made uh, that i'm never going to uh, say this is not the word of god I, i'm never going to go against the morals of the word of god i'm not going to go against uh, the standard of the word of god but lord i I want to be flexible and pliable in your in your hands of what you want me to do lord get this idea of never out of my my mind when it doesn't line up with your word when it doesn't line up what you're saying to me so in verse 12 it says when he had washed their feet taking his garment he sat down and he said to them do you know what i have done to you. He's asking that question i preached on that last week but i wanted to bring this in the context of this idea of serving he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. This is the whole hangup that Peter had. You're my Lord, you're my teacher. I'm not going to let you do this because you're above me. You're, you're over me. I, I can't let you do this. And, and, and he says, you ought to wash one another's feet. If I'm doing this, you need to. And this is what it's about. It's not just about washing feet. That's, a, that's a, the, the picture there. But this is the idea of serving one another. Jesus is giving this example. Serving is what we do. This is how we minister to one another. You have to be willing to serve. So listen to this final verse. Verse 15. In this passage, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So here's the question again. How much do you want to be like Christ? Lord, help me 
internalize this question. I, I have to, when I wake up in the morning, I have to ask myself, how much do I want to be like Christ today? How, how do I want to follow you today? How do I want to lead by example today? How do I want to be humble today? How, Lord, help me with this question. How much do I really want to be like Christ? I want to look, again, I wasn't done with that passage. I want to go back to verse 16 one more time. For John thirteen sixteen, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. The, Jesus is wrapping up this, this thought here and about serving. The New Living Translation says this, I tell you the truth, slaves, this idea of servants, are not greater than their master, and I love how this says, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Listen, get ready to write it down. A servant leader recognizes that the message is more crucial than the messenger. Let that sink in. The, 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 the message is more important than the messenger. And we've got to recognize that in this day that we're in, that I want to hear from God and I've got to be willing to hear the message in spite of the messenger. Sometimes we let the messenger get in our ways. Can I be vulnerable this morning? There's been times that, that I've, I've heard preachers getting ready to preach and, and at, at certain meetings and, and somebody has said something about them that I didn't know before and it kind of distracted me because it wasn't sin, but it was about their behaviors, about their, their attitude. And sometimes I'm like, well, then I don't want to hear their message. I'm, I'm focused on the messenger instead of the message. We can't be like that because we're going to miss, miss the message if we're just focused on the messenger. You need to pray for the messenger, but the messenger is not always, uh, uh, always perfect. They need to strive for perfection, but they're not always going to get it right. You may not like the messenger, but don't dislike the message. You've got to hold on. There are some things that Peter, on the day of Pentecost, uh, if everybody knew his behavior before he got there, those 3,000 people wouldn't listen to the message. But in spite of the messenger, Jesus says, I want them to know that in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And so sometimes you've got to close your eyes to the messenger and you open your ears to the message no matter what you're thinking lord help me get that into my heart now you need to pray for the messengers <laughs> you don't know what the messenger goes through to bring the message and I'm not just talking about preaching. I'm talking about what the Lord is giving people to, to speak into people's lives. You don't know what the, the sacrifice they may have to go through. You don't know what the, what the warfare and the battles feels uh, that they're facing. Just even to bring, I'm going to be honest, to bring a message on a Sunday morning. There's warfare. And, and so you need to pray for me as a messenger. Don't keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But I want to give the message that Jesus is giving. Everything that is said must line up with the word of God. Lord, help us to recognize that the message is more crucial than the messenger. In Matthew chapter 16, we hear this is what the message is really about. When Peter is confronted by Jesus and he says, who do, who do men say that I am? And, and you've heard that. Uh, they, they, well, some think you're John the Baptist, some think you're Elijah. And he says, well, what, do, what do you say? Because you're the son of the living God. And this is when Jesus says, and also I say to you, Peter, that on this rock, on that message, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against that message. And this is a man who denies Jesus right before he, he's crucified, but God uses him anyway to preach on the day of Pentecost. And so he, cause he recognized that the messenger knew the message and he was willing to give the message in spite of everything else. Lord, help us hear the message this morning.
that you're victorious and your church is not going to be defeated. Your church is alive and the gates of hell cannot, will not prevail against it. Verse 16 again, I want to end these two things, these two verses with this passage. Most assuredly, this is Jesus saying, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor he who is sent greater than who is sent him. If you know these things, it doesn't end there. If you know these things, be happy. If you know these things, blessed are these if you believe them. Blessed are you if you do them. Serving is what we do. Someone say that with me. Serving is what we do. You've got to hear this this morning. This is where the Lord is leading me. And it lines up with the song that we just went at the end there. I want to talk about serving leads to God's designed destinies. Say it with me. Go ahead and put that up. Serving leads to divine. The next slide, please. Serving leads to to God's design destinies. Listen, God desires dreams, visions, and prophecies to be active in the church. Let that sink in. God desires dreams, visions, and prophecy to be active in the church. I want to take you to Acts chapter 10 in just a moment, but I want you to hear these verses that we've heard so many times from Acts chapter 2. But this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joe's prophecy was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, and I have to declare right now, Pentecost is not over. Amen? It was fulfilled, but it's continuing on. God wants to continue to pour out His Spirit, and this is what it says. And it shall come to pass in the last days. How many knows that we're in the, the last days? God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, say it with me, men servants, and on my Keep up with me. There you go. And on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Here's the new living translations. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants. Are you seeing the picture here this morning? Servant is what I, is what we do. Men and women alike, they will prophesy. So I want to give you a little bit of the, the biblical outline of this idea of servant. It's, it's used this way. It's not a definition. This is just a, the usage of it. It can mean slave. This particular word is, is, is doulos in the, in a, and you've probably maybe heard that before, but it's, it means slave or bondman, uh, a man of servile condition. So I want to give you this definition of servile conditions. It's, servile is having a, or showing an excessive willingness to serve or please others. That's a hard one to swallow, isn't it? It means that we're having an excessive willingness. How many, how many likes that, that thought? Well, I don't know if I have an excessive willingness. Uh, I'm, I'm partly willing. No, Lord, help me move on my heart. If I really want to be a servant, I really want to be a, a slave to you, oh Lord. I need to have an excessive, not just a little bit, not just topped out at the, at the top, uh, uh, not just uh, at the brim, but Lord, I want an overflowing. How many believes in an overflowing that God will pour out his, his spirit on in an overflowing manner? I want to have an excessive willingness to serve and please others. Well, what does that look like in the church? I'm glad you asked. It means that uh, when we have something going on, instead of saying, well, if they need me to help, they'll ask. 
it means how can I help today? How can I serve today? Can, can I get an amen there today? Don't worry. I'm not going to point you out and say, good, you just signed up for something. I, I'm saying though, but this is my, this has got to be our heart. An excessive willingness is not, I'm waiting to be asked. An excessive willingness is saying, how can I help today? And that puts the pressure on us because when that does happen, I'm all like, well, hold on. I'll, I'll find something. You got to be patient. But having the willingness goes a long ways. It's harder when you have to dig the willingness out of people. Can I hear an amen this morning? Is this okay today? This is where the condition of the of the church is there's more spectators and there are people who are activated and lord activate us right now i don't want to just be a watcher i want to be a workman oh god i need your help today another part of this idea of servant is one who gives himself up to others wills not my will, but your will be done. And, and I'm going to serve, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to submit my will, but I'm going to see what you need to be done. I'm going to do that. Those whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause among men. This is a whole idea of serving. It's not about just serving a church because you can serve at a, at a social group. This, it's, this is about advancing the kingdom of God and everything that we do. This last thought here is devoted to the other to the, to the disregard of one's own interests. How many know that's, that's hard to do? But that's what serving's about, right? Is laying down my, my will and my, my opinion at times and uh, to, to serve you. What do you need? Not, to, not that I can tell you how to do it better. I'm asking you, what do you need? And I'll do that. Help us, oh God. Be servants. So I want to take you to a final passage this morning, Acts chapter 10. We're not going to read this whole passage, but I want to pull out some things I don't know if I've ever seen really before till preparing for this, this message. If you're familiar with Acts chapter 10, you'll recognize this is a story of, of Cornelius having a vision. Cornelius was a devout man of God. He feared God. He was a generous giver. The scripture actually says that he was generous in his giving, but he didn't know the story about Jesus Christ yet. He feared God, but he didn't know Jesus. And so he begins to have, and the Lord gives him this vision. And uh, he didn't know what to do with it. And the angel of the Lord says, then I want you to send and go get Peter. And he's going to come and explain some things to you. So this is where we pick up in verse 7. And when the angel who spoke to him, talking about Cornelius, he departed. Cornelius called two of his household, say with me servants i should have highlighted that i didn't his household servants and a devout soldier from among those what who waited on him continuing that's a picture of serving right so when he explained all these things to them he sent them to joppa now he could have picked anybody to go get peter but he picked three people that were known for serving he picked three people that were known that they would do what he asked without having to have a big debate and discussion of why are we doing this? Why do we have to go over there? Do you not know that they're Jews and the Jews don't like us? Uh, we're Gentiles. Do you, do you recognize uh, uh, that where you're sending us? Why would you do that? No, they're like, oh, you want us to go find Peter? We'll go find Peter. If that's what you're asking of us. Uh, and they knew this because they waited. I want to let you know, serving leads to God's design destinies. You see that in the corner? Write it down if you, if you don't see it. Serving leads to God's design destinies. So they went on to Joppa. Here's what happens then in the rest of that passage. Peter 
has a vision. We don't have time to unpack that whole vision, but it was God moving on his heart to accept the Gentiles. I want you to hear this. Visions lead to serving. We, we want to have visions and dreams, right? What do you think the purpose of visions and dreams are? It's to give us the place of how we're supposed to serve in order to lead people to Jesus Christ. That's, a, that's what the visions and dreams are. A lot of times we want visions and dreams so, so God can show us what the future is going to be or what blessing I'm going to get. Isn't that where some people get wrapped up in? No, I want to submit to you that the vision that God gave to Peter was that he would go, that he would go and serve the house of Cornelius to give the gospel message so the house would be saved. It wasn't about Peter. It was about the vision that God had to minister the gospel to Cornelius' house. So these three men, they go to Peter's house and then Peter goes to Cornelius' house. And here's where we pick up in verse 25. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and he fell down his feet to worship him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up. I myself and as a man, Peter understands that the message is more important than the messenger. Peter could have walked in and said, here I am. I had a vision from God and, and I know I'm here because of this. No, he says, no, I'm just a mere man. And God chose me and, and he worked through a vision and dream and, and, and he's, he, I'm here. I, I'm humble. I'm telling you, if you have a vision and dream, you need to be humbled about it, not, not prideful and boastful about it. You need to be humble that God is choosing to, to speak to you. And then you need to be humble to say, God, what does this mean? Because Peter again begins to argue with Paul, with, with God. Peter's arguing with God about the vision. God is saying, do this. And Peter said, I'm not going to do that. He may even said never again, right? I'm never. You think, Peter, you'd probably recognize by now you got to get that out of your vocabulary. When God is speaking to you, you can't have never there. And then Peter, once he finally gets it, he's realizing the message is more important than the messenger. We've got to get the message out uh, that Jesus saves and that Jesus heals and that miracles still happen. Amen. Uh, We have to get the message out that God wants to deliver and God wants to redeem and God wants to bring salvation to our homes. And, And this is why Peter is responding. Because of a vision, Peter serves others, resulting in salvation. Because of a vision. Lord, I I believe you want to pour out your spirit in these last days. And it says that your servants are going to have visions and dreams. But Lord, help us understand why you want us to have visions and dreams. You want us to understand because you want to put us in a place of service to the lost. That doesn't sound right, God. You want us to serve the lost. Yes, you want us to serve the lost because they need to hear the truth of the message. And so I've got to humble myself and, and become that place that I'm a servant. Lord, help me grow in my generosity of being a servant because your your message is so important. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about the gospel truth. It's about the word of God. God. Yes, he wants to use men and women, but we are just vessels. It's about what's in the vessel. The vessel doesn't make it uh, make it important. It's what's in the vessel. You can take an old ugly vessel and put some good things in it and it still tastes good. Don't look at the outside and see what's on the inside. God, help us, O oh Lord, be a holy vessel before you. Help us hear your message. Help us not miss your message. Because just as it is important that 
that we realize that some people turn off messages because of the messenger. Sometimes people believe the wrong thing because of the messenger. They're so caught up in the messenger that they're, they're willing to hear everything and believe everything when it's not from God. We've got to balance. That's why the scripture says, test the spirits, whether they be of God. Then that's part of our responsibility. So you can't get caught up in the messenger. You've got to get caught up in the message. And the message must and has to line up with the word of God. And Lord, we need to stand on your word. That's why we make a declaration every week. And so if I ever preach something that doesn't line up with the word of God, you have permission to come and say something to me and talk with me about it because I want to have my heart lined up with his word. And I want to, I want to have a church that's full of vision and dream. God, we want to serve others just like Peter served others resulting in salvation. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? This week, I want you to go back and read Matthew chapter 20. Verses 20 through 28. And then pray this. Lord, examine my generosity in serving. And how can I better serve your kingdom? Say that with me out loud, if you will. Lord, examine my generosity in serving. And how can I better serve your kingdom? As our praise team comes back. Lord, I just pause and I thank you for this, this series of messages this year that you've given us about growing in you. That's what you desire of us. It's challenging. It's, it takes introspection on our life, a reflection of how we, our walk is. I know we all have needs and we all have trials and things that are in our life. But Lord, we want to surrender and hear your word of how you want to use us for your kingdom. Ray and I were listening to a message uh, this morning. I encourage you, find Jensen Franklin's message today. He didn't preach. It was actually Joyce Myers that was preaching, and she was saying some things. I'll just be honest. There's sometimes. Personally, I, I haven't listened to Joyce Myers at times because I'm just saying that it was not always who I listened to. But I was listening to her today because of this. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to miss the message because of the messenger. And I'm not putting her down. I, I'm just saying that I, I don't follow everybody. And, and so I was listening to this this morning. Wow, she had some things that God was putting on her heart to say. One of the things she said is quit going to church or try to get your blessing. I was like, that was... Because that's what a lot of people are. They want to go and get the blessing. And we heard Robert Morris in our studies like, we don't give to receive, we give to give. Serving is ministering to others. But how many knows that our God is gracious? And he knows what you need. And in the midst of serving someone else... God can bless you and touch you and heal you. It doesn't mean if you need a healing that you're not supposed to come up and get prayed for. That's not what I'm saying. I'm here this morning to grow in the word of God. Yes, I know I, I, I could cast all my cares upon him because he cares for us. I'm going to do that. But we would sing songs like, if you can use anything, Lord, you can 
use me. Lord, I, I just pray, help us understand this heart of serving answers the questions. Do I really want to be like Jesus? How much do I really want to be like you? This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of challenging. Lord, search my heart. That's one of the, the verses in Psalms 139. That search my heart, O God. If you find anything that is offensive to you, Lord, I, I pray, remove that. Search my heart. Search my heart. If there's any reason why I'm not willing to serve, check me on that. If I'm not willing to serve that person because of this, then, Lord, the issue is really with me, not with them. Because we see that in example. Didn't Jesus wash Judas's feet? In spite of what he knew he was going to do, he says, I'm still choosing to minister to him. Because Jesus knew that he was going to deny him, but he wasn't going to do it until he did it. There was always a chance for Judas to kind of, because there would be somebody else who's going to rise up. Jesus was going to die no matter what. But God didn't make Judas, he didn't create Judas to be the betrayer. You understand that, right? Judas had a choice. He followed Jesus. He saw the miracles. He, he saw what Jesus did. He heard the message. And Judas made the choice not to continue to love Christ. We make a choice every morning, every day, every time we come together, we make a choice. We make a choice whether I'm going to enter into worship or not enter into worship. We make a choice whether I'm going to turn off the message or hear the message. We make a, a choice if I'm going to respond to a, an altar call or if I'm not going to respond to an altar call. This is our choice. We make a choice every morning if I'm going to follow Christ or, or if I'm not going to follow Christ. And that's why Jesus says that every day you need to pick up your cross and you need to make that decision that you're following after me. Because the, the enemy wants to make us make the wrong decisions. He wants to he wants to instill into us to have the wrong attitude, to have the wrong heart, to have the wrong motives. But we have to be continue to be pliable in the hands of the Lord and let the Holy Spirit work on our heart that I'm going to do the right thing. Lord, help us grow in this generosity of serving. So here's the altar call. I know many of you may need physical healings and those things today and I know God can still do this, but here's the altar call. If you say, Lord, I have room to grow in my serving, and I want to examine my heart right now, I ask you just to come and flood this place. You may sit on the front row, you may kneel, you may stand, but I want every one of us who can, who's willing, it will say, Lord, I want to examine my heart this morning in my serving. Will you come this morning?
God is so good. I'm going to pray over our congregation. And I want you to hear this too as we hear these messages. I, I want to be clear when I, when I preach these messages, I don't want you thinking that I'm picking messages to pick on a church or a congregation. I read the Word of God and I pull out what is God saying through this passage. And I believe this is a passage for all of us to hear as, a, as believers. So Lord, I pray over this congregation as we heard your word that, that was written to those in the past that were there, the gospel accounts, but it's alive for us today. And we want to pull out of your word what you want to apply in our hearts today, knowing what was happening then, but also how it impacts us now. So, Lord, I pray, let these words that come from your word penetrate to the very depths of our hearts that are that's working on us, working on me, to follow you, to serve your kingdom for the ultimate goal of winning the loss. Because your return is near, O oh God. Your return is near. I ask you to cover this church, protect us, O oh God, until the next time we come together, whether a prayer meeting or a a fellowship time, another service. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.